Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Amen. Well, today's a, a, a pretty special day for me today. This is my, me and my wife's 22nd anniversary today. Pretty big deal. Praise the Lord. Yes, that is a big deal. I mean, marriage is important to God. It is. Hallelujah. So... It's a good day, and I get to preach on this day. Actually, the really cool part about it is, this isn't part of my message, but is we got married on a Sunday in a church service 22 years ago. It was a really cool, 400 people came to our wedding, and we knew maybe like 10% of them. <laughs> but it was in a church service. We, we just came to a minister, our pastor at the time, and said, we want to like, have like worship in our wedding. We want to have communion. I mean, we want to do all these things. And it sounded just like a church service. So that that minister said, let's do it on Sunday. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. That's great. So uh, the minister preached a word and called us up and we got married right there in front of all these people. God is good. So here it is Sunday again. And uh, I'm up ministering, getting the chance to speak by the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want to call this, this is part two of of last week's uh, A Platform for God to Operate, part two. So I just wanted to kind of go over what what the Lord spoke about last week and uh, just recap here. We talked about just three simple things, uh, just finding a place to get intimate with the Lord, you know, a place to get in and read, a place to get and pray, just just get get into intimacy with God. Number one, that's a physical place. Number two, that's a place and time that works best for us, whether it be morning, evening, nighttime, simple stuff. And then three, a place mentally, a place where you can be focused totally on God and no interruptions. Um, And those three things are very valuable for building a platform to receive from the Lord. And then we talked about Jesus in Matthew 17, 7. The first thing he said to the disciples after they just heard from God uh, there was a, a, a bright cloud that came upon the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and said, from God, said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And the first thing Jesus said when the clouds lifted, he said, rise and do not be afraid. So we talked about the value of that. We talked about uh, what's the opposite of afraid. And then we ended up ending the service and talking about boldness. That's one of the things that's opposite of being afraid is boldness. Of course, we know in the Word of God, the opposite of fear would be love, because perfect love casts out all fear. But in the opposite of this, being afraid is to be bold. And that's what we're going to talk about. We also talked about Moses and Elijah was up on that, up on that mountain talking to Jesus face to face. And those are two people that were just ordinary people that just stepped out in boldness and God used them mightily. Isn't that good? Ordinary people. And that's just what I'm, that's what the Lord's getting at is ordinary people. You don't have to be up here uh, on, a, on a platform like this. You don't have to be elevated or anything. Ordinary people. This is for all believers. All believers. That's just it. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. He loves us all. He has a plan and purpose for us all. And He wants to operate through us. He wants to flow through us, the gifts to flow through us, the Holy Spirit to work through us. So I just want to talk a little bit about two abilities. The first ability I want to talk about is our natural abilities. 
Um, Nadine was just talking about uh, the natural abilities up here, a gift, you know, a wonderful gift our worship team has to lead us into worship, to play the keys, the guitar, and to sing. Um, that is, it's a natural ability, and isn't it so good that we can use these natural abilities to glorify God? But I want to talk about in the natural people in the world, when they see natural abilities, they see self-made, they see not God in it. Natural abilities are great, and some people have better natural abilities than others. I remember growing up, I always wanted to be really good at sports. wanted to be really good, but I, I wasn't. I really had to work hard at it, but I'd still play. And I would have friends that they would, you know, play basketball. And then we'd go play golf, and they've never played golf before, and they were natural at it. It just came natural to them. There's, there's some people that have a natural ability. They have perfect pitch, and then they pick up an instrument, and they just start playing it. I mean, there's some wonderful, magnificent abilities. And we give God glory to, to that as Christian you know, believers. We say, Father, thank you for that gift. What a wonderful gift. But as a non-believer, which that's what we're, we're here sent to, is to, just, to, to reach out and to show God's goodness and minister to those out there that don't know God. Because that's the biggest thing. It's just like Jason was saying, you can't take finances with you, but you can take people, hallelujah, with you. You can get them born again. And in a non-believer in natural abilities, they just say, well, that person, good for them, they get the glory. They got this natural ability. You know, it's, even, though, even though if it was a Christian person, that person would be saying, thank you, Father. I've seen sports players, you know, maybe a football player, just point up and say, thank you, God. And they get up even on a mic and they say, I want to give God glory. And that's good because that's true. That's true for us believers. We have the favor of God. But, you know, those non-believers, they look at that and say, Ugh. they just look at it and they don't understand it. They don't understand that. So they just look at, oh, that's their own abilities. So that's our natural ability. We do have natural abilities. And the second ability I want to talk about is supernatural ability. And I love this ability. See, this ability always points to God. Now we're talking about when, we, when, when non-believers view us, when they look at us. They look at our natural abilities, like I just said, and they see, well, good for them. But when they see something miraculous happen, they can't say good for them. They're like, what happened? What is going on? How did that person who, who didn't have a couple of fingers, it just grow? How did that person who had an uncurable disease just get miraculously healed? That, that, there's, there's no person that could do that. There's something else that's doing that. That's a supernatural ability. See, even, even unbelievers see supernatural and say, wow, what just happened? And that's the goodness of God. That's what God is so good. God does not have to demonstrate himself. But we see all through the epistles and all through Jesus' walk here in the Gospels that God did demonstrate himself and show how much he loved us and show how real he is by coming in the supernatural and using his people. Because that's where the Lord comes through. He comes through us as believers. He comes through and works through us. So that's what this is about. This is about getting a platform because we can't manifest the gifts of the Spirit. That's not us. We can't. I've seen these before. And stay away from these. This is rubbish. Let's have a, a prophet meeting. All come together and we'll prophesy to the, another. See, that right there is saying, I can, I can bring up a prophecy on my own you know, authority or my own power. I can make it happen at a drop of a hat, you know. But no, it says in the Word of God that He manifests it. We can't make it happen. 
He manifests it as he wills. So that's why this is titled, Making a Platform. We can do our part to be ready to hear and receive and operate in these things. As believers, everyone, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's supernatural. So I just want to talk about a story. We've all probably heard it, but I love this story because it goes along with boldness. And it's in Daniel 3. And it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed, Abednego. It's hard, always, you gotta, you got to watch it and see the actual spelling when I say that. I don't know, I think I grew up saying Abednego or something, you know. So it uh, messes with me. But I just want to talk about this story. We'll start reading a little later, but I'll just, for anyone that doesn't know the story, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he seizes uh, all these people from Israel, conquers Israel, conquers all these places. He's the king now, and he's enslaved all these people. And part of these people are, are the Jews. So there was a gold, this golden image uh, erected, built. And they came up with the idea that when we play these trumpets, when we do this music, everyone must bow their heads and worship this golden image. And if they don't, then we'll, we'll throw them into the fiery furnace. And that will be their punishment. That's a pretty harsh punishment. But three individuals, just three ordinary people, st stood up and stayed and did not bow. And it was reported to King Nebuchadnezzar, hey, these three Jews, these three people from Israel, they did not bow. And you know your punishment, king. So it's like, bring them to me. Bring them to me and I will talk to them. So then he talks to them. You did not bow. Why did you not bow? Why would you do this? And I, I, I kind of believe that Nebuchadnezzar was trying to get them a way out so he wouldn't have to throw them in the fiery furnace, get them in there to, to possibly say, oh, I'm sorry, I'll bow now. But I, I love their response with boldness. We'll start in 16. So Daniel 3, verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. That's pretty bold, isn't it? That's pretty radical. That's really radical. But it says here, but if not... And I want to stop right there because sometimes we read this or we've heard this and we misunderstand this but here, okay? I want to solidify. This but is not saying God will deliver us, but if he doesn't, no. When we read on, you'll see. So they came in full confidence. They came in full confidence that God will deliver them. The reason why we know this is because as we go down, it says, But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Set up. So if they were going to die if God didn't deliver them, then they would not be worshiping anyway. No, they're saying, O king, but if you do not punish us, let it be known that we still, I don't care if you have kind act on us and forgive us, we still will not worship anything but our God. So what did it do? It infuriated him, the leader. He was trying to give them a way out, and he thought, how dare you? So what he starts doing, he says, 
put some heat on that thing. Put it up seven times hotter than what it was. I'm, I'm angry. And I tell you what, bind them so they can't even move. There ain't no way they could wiggle out or run away. Bind them up in the clothes they have on. And I tell you what, take my men of valor, not just some ordinary people. Get rid of these people are going to do. I want these mighty men that I have, these soldiers, to grab a hold of them and make sure they do not get away. See, he was doing everything he could to make it impossible for God to move. Exactly what he was doing. He was so mad, he said, I'll tell you what, there ain't no way. There is no way. And with that impossibility, oh, what did God do? What did God do? Hallelujah. Then these men were bound in their coats, uh, carrying on in 21 and the trousers, and their turbans, and all their garments, and they cast them in the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame, the, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. There's, I want to stop here for just a second and talk kind of a side journey here, because I really love this part. Here they are, they're believing that God is their deliverer. See, God is their deliverer because they remember back when Moses, when it said, uh, when it said uh, Jehovah Nisi, it means my God, the banner, my God, the victor, my God, the deliverer. And the armies came against the, the Israel when they were just slaves running free from slavery. They, they didn't have weapons. They had, they had maybe their, their farming uh, utensils and stuff. And now they had to fight a battle against a trained army and military. So as Moses, as long as he kept up the staff above God and presented it up, God made them victorious. And so they built an altar that day. They're remembering back to that when God was victorious in their life. My God, my deliverer. They're believing this one thing and standing on it. And the good thing about this part why I stopped is here they are. They're standing on my God, my deliverer. Just that one thing. And as they're walking in, these people beside them burn up. But they're not burning. I mean, that right there is a pre-miracle on the way to a miracle. I mean, these two burn up. I, God will give you pre-miracles on the way to your miracle. He'll show you that you're in line and you're walking in his path. He will hook up with you and he'll show you this is it. Watch this. This is it. You're going the right way. Isn't that good? Yeah, God is so good. He always shows us the direction we're going. He confirms it. Hallelujah. So as they're going, let's see, we're now, I think, in 24. Then uh, in the midst of the fire, let's see. Okay, now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men in 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the, the burning fiery furnace. The, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men in, in bound into the fire? And he's saying bound, why? And he answered, uh, said to the king, Yeah, king, O true, look. He answered, I see four men loose, not bound anymore, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're, they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So here they are in the fiery furnace, impossibility, and they're not harmed. Hallelujah. So King Nebuchadnezzar comes out and says, near the mouth of the fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Servants of Most High God. Wow, he changed his tune, didn't he? He just changed his tune. Come out. Come, up, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. 
And the satraps and ministers and governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. I love this. On their bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And this, I like this. And the smell of fire was not on them. The why, the why I like this is it's like nothing at all affected them. You know, we, we live in a world right now that it's, it's, it's really different. It's really different. We, we have to think, okay, maybe you have to take a vaccine to keep your job or you have to fight against it and everything. You know, and we have to, we have to believe that, that no deadly thing, no, no disease, no COVID is going to come near me and we stand on that. But I love this, that even though... Under the king's order, they had to go into this furnace. They stood on the word of God, and it didn't even affect them. And what I'm getting at is, I mean, is if even if, say, you are cornered and you have to take the vaccine, you have to take something, you can stand on God's word that doesn't even affect you. You won't even come out smelling like the vaccine or looking like you took the vaccine. No effect. Just as Paul, when he shook off the snake... No effect to them. People watched him and were steady looking at him, waiting for him to die, and he did not die. That's our God, the Deliverer. Hallelujah. I love that part. No smoke, nothing on them. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. First, we see the first transformation. We already see him saying, Servants of the Most High God. The first transformation of these three men being bold and radical. I love that word radical because that's pretty radical. I mean, I don't want to be burnt. That's pretty radical saying, you will not harm us. My God is the deliverer. I don't care what you do to us. I got some radical faith and I know that my God is deliverer. My fathers before me have seen it. I've seen it. I know he is my deliverer and you're not going to change my mind. And the first thing out of that radical, bold faith that they had in their God being delivered. Listen, that's just one thing. These people didn't even have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They just knew one thing, that their God was a deliverer. They might have not known anything else, but they knew their God was a deliverer. And on that one thing they boldly, radically believed in, first happens is they change a king. He totally changes his tune. And he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trust in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yield, yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. They changed the king. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, they changed the people. Any nation, they changed the nation or any language that speaks anything amidst against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made as ash heaps. And they changed the continent. Because Nebuchadnezzar was going around, and he was taking over these cities, these towns, these villages. He was taking over everything. It didn't just go to his nations. It go to all the nations he conquered. The gospel just went out before the gospel was ever at God was shown that he is glorious and he is the true God. Come on. He's the true God and it went around everywhere. Hallelujah. But we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Imagine what we could do. 
Imagine what boldness we could step into. Hallelujah. These were people of the Old Testament. These were people before the, before the gospel happened. This was, this was before we, they had our way through Jesus Christ. They just declared who God was and stood on it. God is so good. Hallelujah. You know, we tend, uh, as, as non-believers, we could say, non-believers first, we tend to put God in a category that it's a fairy tale or a good story. And I would be bold enough to say that there are some churches that are going into that area as well. They're, they're putting God in a category where it's a good story to read to my children. It's a good story to hear every Sunday, feel good about myself, and then go home. And the reason why that they, they put this fairy tale category is because they've never felt His presence. They've never had an experience that changed them. They've never seen the realness of who God is. So they put that in a category of, well, it's a good story, but that was from a long time ago. And it's creeping up into the church. I've got to be honest, it is. It's creeping up into the church. I know it's not in this church, but it's creeping up into the church as a whole. But that's what God is so good to show his realness if we just make a platform, an area for him to act through us. See, to be the opposite of fairy tales, we need to have eyewitness accounts, personal experiences. We need to feel his presence. We need to operate in his gifts so that we can demonstrate his goodness. A simple thing as a promise to us, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It is a promise for every believer. You don't have to be an office. You don't have to be an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. You can be a believer and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right there is showing the love of God automatically by healing taking place because it's a promise. And then operate in the gifts shows the realness of God when the miraculous happens. And this is what we need. In 1 Corinthians 1, 5, 6, I love this, and it solidifies the eyewitness account. 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. 1 Corinthians 1, 5 and 6, sorry. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 5 and 6 says, that you were enriched through, through Christ... You were enriched, this is, this is to all believers, okay? Enriched in everything by Him, in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. And this word testimony here is taken out of a courtroom word. It's a word that means concrete evidence. It's a word, a word that means you have to prove actual evidence Prove that this is real. Then this right here is saying the testimony, the realness that you've seen with your own eyes, the miraculous, the signs and wonders. He's talking to the Corinthian church. We know the Corinthian church. They operate. They're operating in the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit is flowing. And he's saying to them that, he, that Christ has confirmed in you by this testimony that he is real. And see, us, us as believers, we don't necessarily need to see the realness of God. We had an experience when we gave our life to Christ. There was a change on the inside. There was a spark there. But God needs to work through us to demonstrate for the non-believer. See, it's, it's, it's like I said last week, we know how to get stuff to us. 
But do we know how to get stuff through us? Because God wants to operate through us. He wants to operate. And part of that platform is getting into boldness to operate. I wanted to also solidify something that I said last week. um, Is God will always start small. He won't ever, you know, you, you hear the stories. I love the miraculous stories of A.A. Allen, Smith Wigglesworth, all these, all these people that came before us, beautiful stories, eyewitness accounts. So there's concrete evidence it happened, eyewitness accounts. And you know, when you see those things, you're like, I want, I want that. I want to operate in God's goodness and his power. I want to demonstrate. I want to be able to, to, to be available for God to demonstrate that, for him to manifest through me. I want that. But the biggest thing I have to say is God always starts us out small. In 1 Timothy 3.6, it says that he never puts a novice in office, which that means he never puts a, a someone that's just coming to faith coming to their Christian walk. He's not going to just throw you into uh, way up there by A.A. Allen. He's going to start you small. It also says in Luke 16.10 that he is faithful in little is also faithful in much. He is just in little is just in much. So I just want to tell a story that uh, probably a lot of us in here know Joe Morris, maybe for maybe his end time teaching. Um, I've, I've seen some of his teaching on Revelation and knowing the times, um, because that's something that we're not supposed to be ignorant of. You know, the other thing that the Word says we're not supposed to be ignorant of is His gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. But, he, but not many people know that Joe Morris started out talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then the Lord told him what else, you know, that's how He told uh, Joe to go into also Revelation in times, because He says, I told my people also to not be ignorant of this too. So, uh, but in his early walk, which he still t- he goes back and does that when he's traveling as well. But he talks about gifts of the spirit, and as he traveled, he's got some amazing testimonies, and I love telling this testimony. Um, he was at a meeting where there was a lot of youth, there was a lot of teenagers there, and as he was ministering, he said he couldn't seem to get this these youth to be quiet. They just kept on talking and being very disrespectful. And he's like, Lord, I want them to receive this. This is I'm here for them, so I'm going to try all my tactics, he said. He walked up to them and, and, and you know, he tried to engage with them you know, and use the scripture and, and, and uh, talk about the youth, what the scripture says about the young people, and it still does nothing. Then he uh, does a couple of jokes, nothing. They're still talking. He stands over right by them, still, still talking. And then later on in the service, he gets a word, word of knowledge. He said, someone in here has problems with their knuckles. That's what I'm hearing in the spirit. The someone in here has problems with their knuckles. If you, the, Lord's got, the Lord's got healing for you if you come on up here. And she, the lady walks up and he says, you, do you have problems with your knuckles? And it's really funny listening to Joe Morris. He always, you know, he makes you laugh every time. He said she held up his, her hand and she had no fingers from the knuckles up. So all she had was these little nubs up to her knuckles. And inside he said, oh, Lord, I, have, I, I thought this was going to be arthritis or something. I didn't expect it to be, you know, fingers that needed to grow. So he's like, Lord, you're, you're going to have to help me there because I have faith for arthritis, but for fingers to grow. And he said, I love how he describes it. He said it was like putting on a coat. Something came upon him. And he said it was special faith, and it came upon him. And he boldly commanded those fingers to grow in the name of Jesus. 
And this is the greatest part. And this is really what I think about when I'm talking about the non-believer out there, that these demonstrations are the non-believer. He said in front of them, the fingers started growing. All the fingers started growing up. And those teenagers came to a complete hush. Mouths open, dropped at the miraculous that just happened in front of them. He said they didn't say another word the whole service. And many of them came up to give their life to Christ. And that's what it's about. That's why God demonstrates. Of course, His mercy was there for that lady, whether she was she might have been a born-again believer, but His mercy was there for her for that moment. But then also, people came to God in that moment because of the miraculous that happened. See, and I look at those moments and I'm like, yes, God, I want to operate in that. Because, I mean, I've, I've operated in some other things, but man, that's miraculous. I want some of that. But see, God didn't operate it that way in me. Um, I'm still getting there too. See, I'm, I'm usually more, more prone to go and, and have a word of knowledge. I've operated in those areas. And, and then gifts of faith is, is, is slowly creeping up on, you know, building up in me. But I just want to share with you how the Lord has used just that, me starting in that. It was uh, 2016. We graduated from Damata. We, we were coming to Ireland. We were praying about, well, at the time we were still praying about coming to Ireland. In 2016, uh, we went to school. We wanted just, we, we've been fed well growing up in Word of Faith and, and growing up in training, but we wanted just something more before we launched out. And we found a school that was only a one year long school. So after we graduated, you know how everyone is. They're like, what are you going to do with your life? You're, you know, just what are you going to do? Uh, and then I would always say, just at the first time someone asked me, we're going to Ireland July, July 3rd, we're going to Ireland. And then a couple more people asked me, I think it was maybe several weeks later, and after, after class or after church, uh, my wife said, why do, you keep, why do you keep saying that? Why do you keep saying that we're going July? I mean, because we hadn't talked about it. But something rose up in me, a boldness that we're going, the Lord told me we're going. And it was a boldness where I didn't have to, didn't have to get in the word and believe for it and pray for it. I knew it was going to happen. It was going to take place. And my wife was like, uh, you're going to have to check the finances because we don't have all that to be spending to go over to Ireland and, and the money that will be there, rent a car, all those things. Um, the accounts aren't showing that we, we could do that. I was like, that's okay. The Lord said we're going. And that's special faith. I jumped in without having to get in the Word and believe and say, okay, Lord, you, know, you supply all my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I just knew. I knew that I knew that I knew. And that's always helped me because I've, I've heard other ministers talk about that, that there was a special faith for finances that just came in. They just knew. So the end story of that is three weeks before we're going to go, I'm still, I'm still saying, I know we're going. We're going July 3rd because the Lord told me, and it, there's this boldness that's in me. It's like putting on a coat. It's like putting on something I just know that I know that I know, and no one can convince me otherwise. In about three weeks, we went to go minister at a church. And uh, usually this church would take up an offering, but we never ask. We just want to come and serve the Lord. And, you know, your head goes. You're like, well, this church, you know, it, it, it's about 250, 250 people. We could probably get a good sizable donation if they decide to do it. And we show up to this church, and I don't know if an event was going on or what, but there was only about 50 people in there. I'm like, okay, well... Not going to worry about that anymore. We came to, we came to uh, minister and we'll do what the Lord said. And what was so wonderful at the end of the service, the minister gets up, and we already told the minister we were going to Ireland, but we didn't tell the congregation. The minister gets up and said, these, these, This couple is going and their family is going to Ireland to just pray out some things. This was before we came to Limerick. Just pray out some things. And I think we ought to take up a donation. 
They're like, well, praise God, that'll be good towards it. But I know God said go, I'm not worried about it. And the, the wonderful thing about it is, above and beyond, just 50 people in the crowd. <laughs> Don't count what, out what God can do, that's for sure. Above and beyond our tickets, our expenses and everything, fully paid for. We went on July 3rd, just like the Lord said, no hiccups. Even when we got back, it was like we never left. Everything was in our account, like even abundantly above in our account, like we never left and we were saving money. God is good. See, see, God's not going to start out with me praying for someone and hooking up, putting on special faith and, and demanding the fingers to grow and hooking up with God because that's God's faith. But he's going to start me out small and he's going to build me from there. And you know, even if a word of knowledge comes up, it started in my prayer closet. I'd have a word of knowledge. I thought it was kind of strange. Why would I have a word of knowledge for myself? But God was teaching me as I prayed and as I got in my prayer closet and as I got my prayer time, that the Lord would just demonstrate uh, uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that, that's cool. That's what that is. And he would start speaking things over my life and over my family's life in my spare time, in my, in my private time, not in, in a public setting. And then as I grew, the Lord gave me opportunities to demonstrate that in, in a public setting. And that's how the Lord will grow you into these things. And it's so simple. It is so simple. And sometimes we get it in our mind. If we don't have the, the thing at the top, then we must not got it. But the word of God says that he who is faithful in little is faithful in much. And that's just how it, how it goes. Hallelujah. And I want to, uh, boy, this is going by fast. You guys might get out early. Um, after I say that, then the Lord will bring something up and I'll just keep on going. Hallelujah. But yeah, I just before I before I say this scripture, I just want to say another just encourage people that never have heard of the miraculous that happens. I love this story with Smith Wigglesworth. I think me and, me and Jason was talking about this a couple weeks back, just about the story about he was having a meeting and there was this infant, this baby that had this deficiency where their spine was growing on the outside of them and in pain, terrible pain, you can imagine. So the parents snuck the child, which I'm sure that was illegal, this is early 1900s, out of the hospital to go to this, this meeting with Smith Wigglesworth because they knew that, that, that God was operating through this guy in the gift of healing. So this was, this was a special faith occurrence. So he takes the baby and he throws the baby against the wall. And the baby falls. You've probably heard the story. And then he rears back and kicks the baby and it goes flying. Could you imagine the, the oxygen in the room had to be just taken out completely? He just kicked a baby across the room. And when the baby landed, the baby didn't cry anymore. It was crying before and the parents ran over and the baby was miraculously healed. The reason I love this story is no one in their right mind would do that. It would be crazy. And I'm not suggesting to do that, of course, because I said you start out small. But the miraculous thing is, is he had something he put on. He put on a special faith because nobody's going to kick a baby. No one's going to throw a baby against the wall. That was the miraculous. That was a miraculous coming on him to have faith in that, that if he follows those instructions, that baby is going to be healed and fully restored. And the baby was fully and completely restored. See, that's what I love about that story is that was the early 1900s. And there's people that believe that, you know what, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those gifts that you're talking about in Acts, in the church of Acts was for Acts time. That was way back 2,000 years ago and it hasn't happened since. But stories like Smith Wigglesworth's stories and Joe Morris's stories prove that it's continually still happening today. 
for 2,000 years, 2,000 years since then, there's been proof, even in history, eyewitness accounts, that it still happens today. God demonstrates himself. Let's turn to Ephesians 3.12. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.12. And we're talking about boldness as one of our platforms of building. A radical boldness. Because we have to be bold enough to step out. And, and when we hear the Lord say something, we have to be bold enough to step out and obey it. Amen. I'll just clarify that. The Lord is not going to tell you to throw a baby against the wall. Don't be giving your babies to just anybody. That's crazy stuff. That's wild. That's radical. That's what I would call radical. That's radical stuff. So Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom, who's that? In Jesus. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. This is the part that I get into that I love. God hasn't called us to be bold and not supplied away. Right here it just says, in whom? In Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. See, boldness is already in us. We already have it through faith in Him. Just like love is written on our heart, what I said before, the opposite of fear is love. For love, perfect love casts out all fear. But, Jesus, but, but the Bible says that he'll take out your heart of stone and put in a new heart, a heart of flesh. And then, he, then also the word says that he's engraved, engraved love on our hearts when we accepted Jesus. So just like love is shed abroad in our heart when we're born again, boldness is already put in there as well. It says it right here. That in whom, in Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. We have boldness and we have access and confidence through Him to do all these things. See, this isn't to fill us up. This isn't to get stuff to us to make us have these cool tricks and stuff. This is for witnessing to those who don't know God, don't know His goodness, don't know His majesty, don't know His glory, don't know what He does, that He shows Himself. He shows Himself real. I love that word, that testimony, concrete evidence. He shows Himself real. And it's for every believer to operate in that. To be bold and operate. And that boldness comes from Him. Isn't that good? That He supplies even what we need to operate. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about today. So I, I was going to pray, but I think, you know what? I think we'll just confess this because this is the Word. This is the Word that He has given us boldness. So if you don't mind, can just, just saying this with me here, just repeating me. Father, I thank you, Father, I thank you that you have equipped me, you with, me. Boldness with boldness and with confidence, and with confidence through, faith through faith in Jesus. In Jesus. Isn't that good? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we can say that, even that with boldness and confidence, and do not waver. And this is, this is one big thing in it. You know, you, you could say, I think I got boldness and talk yourself out of it. I think uh, James 1.5 could, could be related to just about anything. In James 1.5, it says, ask for wisdom and it'll be given to you, but do not waver. 
Why, why would it say do not waver? Because we could think that, oh, I think I got some wisdom and start to operate and second guess it. And say, no, nope, and drop it. See, if God says he gives you wisdom when you ask, you get in there and you receive the wisdom. And just the same thing with the boldness. He said that you have boldness. Lean on to that. Lean on to that boldness. And get in there and trust the boldness and confidence that he's given you. He's not going to start you out big. He's going to start you out small. And just kind of lean into it. In your private time, in your conversation time with people, just lean into it. And allow the Holy Spirit to operate. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. You know, we're here, here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood. We're empowered by the word. And we're anointed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.